One thing that I was going to say that I think what's so cool about what's happening in, in Tillamook right now with what you guys are doing is that you guys are, are pushing the trails to the, the furthest western edges of the county, you know, so really the furthest western edges of, of the state of the country. Welcome to Trail Effect episode 21. I am your host, Josh Blum. Trail Effect is a show that dives into the stories behind trails, the communities that embrace trails, and the people who rely on trails as a way of life. The goal of this show is to turn the stories you will hear from our guests into useful knowledge that can be applied to your community while providing some entertaining and inspirational content. Guests on Trail Effect include trail builders, board members, community leaders, volunteers, and regular people who really enjoy trails. For episode 21, we bring you three guests, Ron Baker, Derek Kidd, and Pat Curran to discuss a new trail organization located on the Oregon coast called the Tolomuk Off-Road Trail Alliance, otherwise known as TORTA. TORTA has embarked on a mission to create an entirely new trail system near Pacific City, Oregon, to bring trails to a community for some additional year-round outdoor recreation. TORTA is also hosting a fundraiser in an effort to help fund these new trails, which closes on February 25th. Take a listen and learn about the early stages of what might be the next best trail community in the United States. Support for Trail Effect comes from Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Smith's is a full-service bike shop that is a retailer for Trek Bicycle Company and Salsa Cycles. Smith's also has a full line of components and accessories from Bontrager and other various companies. For more information about Smith's Bike Shop, go to www.smithsbikes.com. A special thanks goes out to Ben Wellenek of Mountain Bike Radio for supporting this podcast and to the people who have shared their time and knowledge. Without this, we would not have these stories to tell. This podcast is an Evolution Trail Services production. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. So here we are with Trail Effect. I've got the Tillema Off-Road Trail Alliance with me tonight with Ron Baker, Derek Kidd, and the passionate keynote, Pat Curran, who's actually living here in La Crosse, Wisconsin, where we are recording this. Let's get a backstory on you guys. We'll start out with Ron. Ron reached out to me to do this, and I was more than happy to, to help promote this new trail org they got going. So. Let's hear, let's hear your backstory there, Ron. Cool. Well, first off, thanks, Josh, for uh, entertaining this idea and then making this happen. So uh, it's been fun listening to your show over the, over the past, and uh, you do a really good job with it. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, a born and raised Oregonian, uh, Willamette Valley area, where we're known for our, uh, our Pinot and hoppy beers. And my wife and I, when we were first married, moved out to the coast for a while because we were both uh, avid surfers and love surfing crappy Oregon cold water uh, for some stupid reason. And uh, kind of made like a little, uh, little, little place for us out here in a uh, uh, kind of Pacific City area, which is uh, like an hour west of Salem, hour and a half from uh, west of Portland. And the community we're in is Tierra del Mar, which I know, Josh, you were saying that you, you remember from uh, Blosian events from jet skiing. Uh, so probably like like the big landmarks out here, like uh, in Pacific City or like Pelican Brewing, um, like a, a microbrew place that's uh, and then uh, Tillamook Cheese uh, competing with uh, the Wisconsin cheese. Uh, and yeah, so uh, and while we're out here. Uh, 
we had our first daughter. So we have two daughters, uh, nine and five. And uh, I work inland in kind of uh, fire service industry. Been married for like 11 years. Been riding since I was a little kid. And uh, now trying to figure out ways to like incorporate all these hobbies of surfing, skiing, mountain biking uh, as a family, uh, which has brought me into some uh, some nonprofit roles uh, here in Oregon. So I'm a board member of a nonprofit in uh, McMinnville called Willamette Valley Cyclists, where we're working on getting a pump track built in town, which kind of led me into how I met Derek. And then, which then led into being a board member of Torta, which is the Tillamook Off-Road uh, Trail Alliance out here in Tillamook County. So uh, that's kind of a quick rundown. Awesome, let's hear about you, Derek. Uh, thanks, Josh, again. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, my name is Derek Kidd. Uh, I'm 34 years old. I'm from Victoria, BC, originally. I uh, just moved down to Portland, uh, too. So uh, I'm a pretty recent transplant from uh, one of the other meccas of mountain biking, BMW. I guess I've always been a bit of a loose cannon, and my parents recognized that from a pretty early age. So they didn't let me have a bike till I was 12 years old. <laughs> um, so all my friends were riding around the neighborhood on bikes. And I was just watching them from inside. And finally, when I was 12, uh, my parents bought me my first bike. It was the Narco Katmandu. Uh, it was, I don't know, it was kind of like forest green. Oh, badass. And I rode it everywhere and jumped it off every curb I could possibly find. And uh, it wasn't until high school that I actually took it off road. There was this amazing high school uh, mountain bike league. Mr. Simonson was my math teacher. He ran it and he was like super inspirational and got a bunch of kids who didn't really know much about mountain biking together. And yeah, we had races every Thursday night and it was rad. And that was kind of my first time off road, uh, my first time competing on a mountain bike. And I really sucked at it, but that was okay. I met a bunch of cool people and made a lot of good friends. And uh, yeah, I was, I was totally hooked with mountain biking. So a couple of years later, I got my first job in the industry, bike shop. Um, and that kind of gave me the, I don't know, uh, the, the understanding of the mechanics and maybe the confidence to work on bikes. Um, and obviously you work in the industry, it gives you that inroads to the really fancy stuff that be able to afford otherwise. So, uh, yeah, I started getting more and more into higher end mountain bikes, seeing what I could do on mountain bikes. Um, and then in 2011 or 2012, all of my friends from Victoria started this mountain bike festival. Um, it was a big event. It was a slope style event. We called it Jump Ship. Uh, and we towed a big barge into Victoria's Inner Harbor and invited a bunch of the best free riders in the world. And it 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 happened. Like we made it happen. We had this crazy slope style course in the middle of the harbor and had 30,000 people come out. And it was absolutely amazing. Um, didn't make a cent on it. Actually lost a fair bit of money. Uh, that year and the next year. Uh, and then shortly after that, I took over as director of the festival. Uh, we moved it to a golf course, the Bear Mountain Resort. Uh, Jordy Lund was the head builder. And uh, yeah, they gave him basically carte blanche to build these best series size jumps down the middle of this golf course in Victoria, which is amazing. And it's still there today. So if you go to Victoria, you'll see these giant jumps. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that allowed me to sort of rub shoulders with all my heroes for the first time and um, got me into, I don't know, more of the uh, professional 
industry aspect of it, I guess. Um, and then shortly after that, I moved to Vancouver and started working for Dorco in the marketing department. And that was a uh, total dream come true. I've never worked somewhere that has more of a family atmosphere than Norco does. It's, yeah, it's really weird. It's a pretty big company, but it's still like, I don't know, everyone's teasing and joshing with each other and everyone's having a good time. And yeah, it, it really feels like, I don't know, like a family there. Uh, so when I moved down here in 2019 to start working remotely, uh, you, you can guess how much I actually missed going to the office, which I never thought I'd take. Um, but yeah, since 2019, I've been doing uh, field marketing demo and events down in the Pacific Northwest. I'm based out of Portland now. Um, and yeah, I got to say, it, the, the trails up in Canada, uh, the Sea to Sky Corridor and North Shore are amazing. Like, you know, they're the trails that sets the industry on its path all those years ago. but the scene down in Oregon right now is just, there's so much energy and passion and excitement about the future down here. It's really, really cool. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be down here and uh, yeah, glad to be helping out wherever I can. Um, so that's kind of how I met Ron. He put on a super successful fundraiser for trails in his area and kind of got brainstorming about new trails that were going on in Pacific City uh, in the Tillamook area. And yeah, we got together and we, started fundraising for uh, the Buzzer Butte Trail Network in Tillamook. So, yeah. Great. That's awesome. Let's uh, let's hear about you, Pat. You're, you have a different story than all of us, I'm, I'm <laughs> certain. Awesome. Yeah, I'll just reiterate what Derek and Ron said. Thanks for, thanks for having me on, Josh. This is, this is awesome. I've appreciated and I've enjoyed listening to your other podcasts. So, yeah, this is super cool to be a part of this. Um, it's funny hearing both Ron and Derek give their stories. I feel like I have connection to both of you guys in sort of a like the seven steps of Kevin Bacon, you know. Um, with Derek, I'm a fellow Canadian. I grew up in um, in Alberta, so next province over from where Derek grew up. I tell Americans I'm from Canada's Denver, so I grew up in in Calgary, Alberta. It's the it's a big city at the at the front range of the Rockies. Um, so really cool, really cool part of the world. Great place to grow up. And like Derek, my first bike was a Norco. Um, mine wasn't a Kathmandu. It was a Bush Pilot. Do you remember that? Remember those? Oh, I, yeah. I remember that. That was a, that was a cool bike. That had suspension forks, right? Oh, it was killer. Yeah. yeah. And actually, no, mine, mine just had a rigid fork. But I saved up my money, saved up my paper route money and my babysitting money and bought a, a, a Marzocchi that had the 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 dropouts had the holes in the bottom of them oh that's so badass you know what i'm talking about yeah the the, the fork lowers had the holes in them so i put that on it spork check and sold it for me it was pretty badass um yeah so grew up in calgary sort of like a lot of kids grew up playing hockey and team sports but then got into mountain biking in high school and just fell in love with it and then started college in canada and and played played sports there so mountain bike biking sort of fell off um but then i actually ended up transferring to the States and transferring to university in Wisconsin to finish up my education. Um, and really fell in love with mountain biking again down here and, and met my wife. And then after college, got a degree in journalism and got a really cool internship right out of college working for bike magazine. So I headed out to California um, and I started interning with, with bike and started writing with them and lived out of my Bronco for a little while while I got an intern what we called the intern hostel set up. It was all the other magazine interns from action sports groups. So this was back in the day, which rest in peace bike, by the way, but so stoked to see that beta is back online and that they're 
that all the the contributors and the the talent from bike are doing their thing. That's good to see. But yeah, it was it was bike, surfer, snowboarder, powder, and skateboarder were all under one roof. And so all the interns, we all got together and got a house. And it was killer. We called it the intern hostel. And so it's just these, you know, kids in their early 20s who just loved loved these sports and loved to write about them. Got a place right on the water and it was going to going to the magazine and doing our stuff at the magazine and then and then surfing and riding bikes. And so that's how I spent a I was there for about a year and then did some freelance stuff for them afterwards and did a little bit of traveling, went up to Alaska, lived up there for a little while and did some freelance writing with bike. And then my then, then girlfriend, now wife, settled on Portland and worked in the industry there, had some shop jobs, uh, worked at a distributor, ran their operations there, which like Derek said, you know, it was, it was the best way to get cheap parts and sort of get your foot in the door, right? Um, but at the same time, I was sort of yearning for a little bit more and figuring out like if I wanted to work in the industry, um, as a career. And so I sort of pulled a 180 and ended up going back to school and went and got my paramedic license. And so became a paramedic. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so here's the connection to you, Ron. And so then, yeah, got a, got my paramedic license and then started working as a medic in Tillamook County. And so I was a paramedic. Yeah. yeah. So I was a paramedic in Tillamook County for years. And then after that, I became a flight paramedic um, based out of Corvallis. And so we'd fly patients a lot in Tillamook. You know, we'd go on logging accidents, you know, lots. I'm sure. Was that Mercy Flight? uh, Reach. That was when Reach had their base in Corvallis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, worked for Reach uh, for years and yeah, I had, had, had a blast doing that. It was, it was awesome. The, and I mean, I loved flying. That was super fun, you know, flying critical patients, but working, working on the ground in Tillamook was just such a rad job because you're living at the coast. We worked 4896s. And so I'd bring my surfboard or my bike and get off, sh- get off shift and I'd go surfing or, or go mountain biking on, on my way back to Portland because we were living in Portland. Um, and then, you know, and then the wife and I took the next step and had kids. And when we had our, we had our son in Portland and, um, stuck around there and had a blast. But then when we had our daughter about two years ago now, not quite two years ago, uh, we talked about being closer to family and my wife's, my wife's from the area. And so we decided to, to make the move back here. And we looked at a couple of different cities. We looked at Rochester, Minnesota. We looked at Eau Claire. And then looked at lacrosse and I'd never really been to lacrosse before, but then when I came here and saw the bluffs and saw that they had a scene and that they had like a, like outdoor recreation Alliance and they had like a really committed group of people like Josh and making it happen here. It was, it was like, oh man, this has got to be the place. And then uh, a job opened up with the fire department, uh, sort of an administrative public education job with the fire department here. And so I applied for that and got it. And so that's what I do now is, I'm the public educator for the city's fire department and get to ride bikes and hang out with cool dudes like Josh and do fun podcasts. <laughs> I did not know you were from Canada originally. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. Eh? So, yeah. Eh? <laughs> so let's, uh, the accent sneaks out every once in a while. Right. Yeah. After I've had a few pops, you know, I'm, I'm having a whiskey, whiskey water here. So maybe, maybe a little bit later. I see you're not wearing your toque though. I'm not nice. Yeah. Good word. <laughs> I've I've spent a fair amount of time with some Canadians in, in my day, <laughs> right? In a previous life, so actually from um, Alberta area too, Fort McMurray and cool. 
Oh, for Mac, yeah, up on the rigs, probably. You guys working on yeah. the rigs? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we're here to talk about Toma Off-Road Trail Alliance. Let's uh let's get the backstory on that, Ron. And it's a really from what I can tell, it's a really new trail organization. And so let's kind of hear how that started and and where you guys are going. Yeah, so the the Torta for short uh, started back in 2018 with uh, two mutual friends of mine, uh, Marty Weishart and Josh Venti. And uh, Marty's kind of a transplant from East Coast, Mid Coast, Utah, and then out here. And then Josh has been out here uh, on the coast for decades. And and he's he's kind of become infamous in the bike in, bike scene for building these amazing trails that are all on private property uh uh out here with uh carson storch uh kyle jameson and just kind of this uh kind of started underground years ago and then now you're seeing videos pop up on pink bike and vital and in instagram like kind of on a monthly ba- basis now and derek and i have both ridden them and they're probably some of like he builds in my opinion and i'm not a big like crazy hucker like Derek and some of these guys, but some of the, like Josh built some of the best, like best jump lines I've ever ridden here in Oregon. Yeah. They're, they're pretty incredible. And probably, I mean, Derek, you say the closest thing to find from what he's built is probably the, that new line up in Bellingham, um, blue steel. Maybe. Yeah, I'd agree. Or uh coast gravity park, I would say is, is the closest equivalent. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Really well built jumps, really well spaced jumps. It's uh yeah, it's intimidating to look at, but when you ride it, it kinda it just makes sense. Um yeah, you can really up your game. Yeah. Place like that is cool. Yeah. Like uh, in the fire service, we always talk about like being a craftsman uh with your work, whether it's like you're the craftsman starting IVs or pulling hose and like you ride some of Josh's trails and you can just see like he gets it. And so kind of get back to how Torta started. The Forest Service reached out because uh, they're uh, in this area. They're called the Sand Lake Planning Area Project Area. Uh, reached out to Josh and Marty saying that they uh, that the ranger, Deb Wilkins at the time, wanted to incorporate some kind of trails, biking trails. And that if they were interested in uh, into pursuing something like that. And Josh has been wanting to do this since I met him back in 2009. Uh, So they immediately were like, all right, how do we do this? Well, I think they quickly discovered, as I did doing some work inland, that like you can't just file paperwork and start a nonprofit. It's it's a little bit more difficult than that. So to kind of keep this short, like they were able to team up with a existing nonprofit in the area that started 10 to 15 years ago on getting like pathways built in a, in the small community of Pacific city. So they were able, able to like take that existing nonprofit and then kind of morph it uh, and take on some of their projects and morph it into what is now Torta. So, so yeah, so they, uh, so yeah, that's, I think they like officially announced Torta back in like 2018 and there was a little bit of a partnership with uh, the Salem Area Trail Alliance, which is, like I said, about an hour east. And they kind of helped get uh, get some bylaws and just get like like a foundation of what it's what it is to be like a, a, a cycling nonprofit. Because um, 
as you know, from doing this, Josh, and something I've really appreciated about your podcast is like, it's really easy to post pictures of digging trail and uh, like amazing dirt and new jumps being built. But like, there's so much pencil pushing, email sent, meetings had just to ever, ever get to that point. And, and I'll reinforce that again later. So, so yeah, so they get the nonprofit formed, uh, which was a huge step because uh, the, these entities like Forest Service, BLM, like they want a local uh, agency like that uh, to deal with. It can't just be Joe Blow off the street. So they get the nonprofit formed and then they, they, they start doing some, some, some digging and get uh, secure like a $20,000 grant from the state of Oregon to do a master plan for the area. So, so now they get a little bit of cash flowing in and then they're able to bring in uh, Jason Wells. I don't know if that rings a bell with any, I think I know Derek knows him. Yeah, I know Jason. Yep. yep. Okay. This small world. Uh, so Josh is friends with Jason. And right. so they're able to bring Jason in uh, to kind of assist with like mapping out this, this area that's about five miles north of Pacific City off uh, the a Forest Service Road in this Sand Lake project area and start, you know, all right, how do we, how do we make a trail system? And now we have funds to do it. So, you know, start making the master plan, getting stuff mapped out, getting stuff GPS, uh, you know, put, putting in some ground and, and, uh, and, and legwork in this. So then get that done. And some other opportunities come up with uh, the, the Oregon recreational trails program. So like RTP grant and, they were able to secure $240,000 grant from the Oregon RTP to go towards the trail system, which then led into, uh, uh, so we're like, we're like seeing some steam rolling. They were able to get secure another $75,000 grant with, uh, our Tillamook County, uh, which is, this is where I'm interested to hear your side, Pat with our, it's a newer, uh, transient lodging tax grant. So a number of years ago, the local county, uh, saw a need to bring in some funds from all the tourism dollars that come in here during the spring, summer, and early fall, and then push that, like give that back into the community. And one of the things that the community voiced with how to spend the, the transient lodging tax was they wanted trails in the county. Because um, we have this, we, I mean, the Oregon coast is you know one of the most beautiful, rugged, publicly open coast on the west coast that's owned by the state for the county itself like we have some good hiking trails but there isn't a lot of good there i don't even know if there's any purposefully built uh mountain bike trails here in Tillamook county so so yeah torta was able to secure a, a the seventy-five thousand dollar grant with the tlt money um so in essence we're looking at over 300k that we've raised in grant money to to start working towards uh, building trails coming up here. I would like to express my gratitude to everyone who has taken the time to be a guest and to listen to this podcast. I wasn't really sure how this new show known as Trail Effect would play out. I can say that I'm very grateful for everything it has provided to both you as guests and listeners and to me as a host. Every guest has provided some real inspiration for me. Riding a trail for the first time is much like chapters in our lives. We never truly know how they begin or end, nor do we know how the journey between these two points will be. I will be taking a brief break and releasing episodes as I sort through some stuff in life. Now back to the second half of the Torta episode. So what have you, let's talk about the region a little bit. You talked about the coastline sure. and that 
like kind of, and Pat, you chime in too, kind of paint the picture of what, you know, for those that aren't super familiar with the Oregon coast, what it's, what it's like just in general and what kind of industry you have out there too. Well, it's so, yeah, it's a uh, kind of a similar story at a lot of places around here in Oregon, old logging communities uh, where that has slowly uh, fell off uh, as the years have passed in the last 40 years. Um, used to be way back when really known for its fishing. And we had, there used to be one of like the largest ports on the Oregon coast uh, here in Pacific city in this small little town called woods. But again, that's kind of died and gone to the wayside. So probably the, the biggest one, one of the bigger two of the bigger industries here now is tourism and then uh, the creameries. So, you, you know, the uh, Tillamook County creamery, Tillamook cheese, I think that's kind of what this area is known for. You go by that Tillamook Cheese Factory <laughs> in the summer on a Saturday and the line is like, it's like you're at Disneyland. It's horrendous. Um, so like, that's kind of, that's kind of all this area is really known for is, is like those three things. And uh, so, so yeah, so this opportunity came up to build these trails and Josh, like Josh knows he's ridden all over the West coast. Like he knows how good this area could be. And one of the reasons that is like the, the four, the, some of these older growth forests we have here, are just like, they're incredible. They have these beautiful tall canopies with these massive um, like dinosaur ferns is how I remember them as a kid growing everywhere. And it's just, it's like a, like a, uh, a Pacific Northwest, like Jurassic park. They're just these gorgeous forests. And it's, it's this huge section of this Utah National Forest here where we're looking at building. And what makes it even more special is like the, the type of soil that's underneath. Like we always talk about this like loam, loam. It is, it is really different here. The way that uh, being where it, at, where it is next to the coast, like it has this really good drainage. So like you'll, you'll have horrendous rain for like days and days and days. And if you get like one full day of like no rain, like the next day, um, can be epic. Yeah. Yeah. What I was writing at the end of last. Even, even later that day. Yeah. Or even, even, yeah. like, even yep. if the drains, right. Even when it's raining, like you can hook up when it's raining and you're like, no yeah. way. Like where we live here, you know, comparatively the riding in lacrosse, you know, like it's sick for the Northwest, but if it rains, we're done. Like we, we can't ride. It's just peanut butter, you know? And, you know, Josh and his crew do a really good job of keeping people off the trails because, you know, we'll leave ruts. Um, so we just, we can't when it, when it's raining, but yeah, the Oregon dirt's, this, I don't think you can have better dirt to ride bikes on. And especially just year round, right? Yeah. Like it stays moist during the summer too. It doesn't get too dried out. Yep. You've always got that mist off the, off the water to keep it, Moist. Yeah, it's just amazing. Such good dirt. One other nice thing about where the range is, where we're looking at building is like it literally looks over the Pacific Ocean. So uh, it, it's really temperate here. Like we don't have these huge temperature swings where, you know, in the middle of like, like honestly, like July and August here, in my opinion, aren't even like they're good months to ride, but they're not, they're not even the best. Like yeah. I, I think you yeah. get a little moisture, like, uh, like fall, uh, early spring is almost in my, in my favorite times to ride. 
because like that ocean just keeps it real temperate out there. Like right now we're getting kind of snow all over the state. And if we had trails here, like you'd be riding right now. Yeah. And there's only a handful of spots in the state right now where you can even do that or on the, or just for on the Pacific Northwest. One thing that I was going to say that I think what's so cool about what's happening in, in Tillamook right now with what you guys are doing is that you guys are, are pushing the trails to the, the, furthest western edges of the county you know so really the furthest western edges of of the state of the country where historically all the riding in Tillamook like you know being a Portlander for so long when when people talked about going to ride in Tillamook they were going to ride the Wilson River Trail or they're going to ride Gales Creek maybe Ravens Ridge they were going to ride Brown's Camp maybe do some like go ride some um off-road trails or some OHV trails at Diamond Mill or something like that, you know, but it wasn't like you were saying, like, you're going to actually go to the coast. You were going to ride in the coast range, but you would still be half an hour, 45 minutes from the coast. So to hear like trails being developed at the, the coast's doorstep, that's so freaking cool, man. You know, it, I feel like the, the sort of the renaissance that's happening here right now is, is akin to what happened in Oak Ridge in the nineties, you know, where it was like an old logging community that, you know, is, was looking for a way to revitalize. And now, I mean, the riding in Oak Ridge is, is world-class, you know, some of the, it's really some of the best riding in the world, you know, and I think you guys are laying the foundation for maybe potentially having something similar to that one day, which is really freaking cool. Yeah. And, and I think like, like I said, I'm not so much stoked about like the summer. Cause like right now the, the tourism in this area in the summer is just insane. And so it's just yeah. made it, made it worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just like, it, it, it's a nightmare here having seen what it was, you know, 10, 12 years ago to what it is now, what I think is going to be a huge benefit. Uh, if we're talking like economy wise, like is those shoulder seasons Yeah, that like from September through November, there's a potential to see, you know, people coming through here strictly just to ride bikes mm-hmm. and, you know, statistics have shown all across the country that when, People come to ride bikes, they spend money on food, they spend money on lodging, they buy t-shirts that say Pacific City, Oregon or Torta. Um, so, to, to, so to be able to like capitalize for those local businesses, those small mom and pop run businesses that are out here uh, in the, the spring and fall is going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, well, you know how sleepy Terra Del Mar and PCR in the wintertime, you know, like to have people out there riding. I'm here, I'm here right now. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I remember going on shifts some days out there where we wouldn't get a call. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's probably not like that anymore, you know, just with more people in general. But I remember, yeah, it was like a vacation station going out to PC, just being like, sweet, man, I'm going to bring my bike, tune my bike up, <laughs> you know, go ride when I get done with shift and probably not leave the station. Yeah. Maybe go out to Sand Lake on a broken leg. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that was probably where we were going to go with Sand Lake. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So what's your, Derek, what's your take on this being from Canada and spending about a year and a half or two years in this area? What do you, how do you see this plan out? Uh, I mean, right now I'm still learning so much about the area and about the trails and about the whole plan that's going on there. But I, yeah, it's just, I'm so stoked for it. Um, yeah, the, the passion that these guys have for the trails out there, just the quality of, of workmanship on these trails, the craftsmanship um, is, yeah, totally next level. And, you know, I grew up riding Whistler and Coast Carvey Park and all those kind of places. When I moved down here, you know, I 
even when I moved down, I kind of heard the the secret little zone on the coast that was uh, that was of that caliber and had jumps that big and it was built to that quality. I'm like, oh shoot, how do I get out there? <laughs> like, I want to be a part of this. I want to ride those trails. I want to I want to help more happen. Um, and yeah, uh, meeting Josh Venti out there and getting to see the trails in person, and they are just yeah, they're absolutely world class. Uh, so yeah, I, I am very, very stoked for that to happen. Um, and to actually have some public trails that will cater to riding of that level. Um, and that will bring riders of that level to the Oregon coast. I think it's just a cool thing. So yeah, you can say that I'm stoked. So Ron, as part of the master plan, you guys, uh, you guys are into that process pretty well, or you got that process complete. How many miles are we talking about? And what are the different ability levels that I know when we talked on the phone prior to uh, recording this, you wanted it, you talked about how it was going to be kind of something for everybody. Yeah. And, and I think that that's one, maybe one misstep that we've kind of done a little bit with like, uh, like I said, like it's easy. You get a lot of followers when you see these, you know, Carson storage throwing off these big gaps and, and, you know, Jill Kittner like railing a berm in this loamy, beautiful area. But like, like, let's, let's be honest, like that's, that's not most mountain bikers. And, and, and as I've gotten older and now I have older daughter, you know, younger daughters who are still kind of want to hang out with me, it's important for me. And I know it's important for a lot of people, like you got to have a little bit for everybody. And I think that that's what our master plan captures really well, uh, is that like, you know, we're going to have like a, like a mid, uh, there's going to be three kind of three trailheads. You have your lower, lower bottom one. You have your middle one. That's going to have like a skills area and then your upper, upper one, like your, your shuttle drop off. And so you're going to have this nice skills area where you can go work on some corners, work on some drops, uh, work with kids on, on what your kids want to do, or just hang out with your kids, let them ride around in on the little loop there have a beer with your, your, your wife or a picnic and then, and then go, uh, or bomb down to the bottom. So, uh, we're going to start, hopefully like our goal is to start kind of with like a, fl- our flagship blue line that, that gives the ability for every level of rider to have like a hoot on, uh, and then kind of go from there. So, so yeah, we're, we're, we're well aware that like we, 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 we can't just make this for the, 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 the black diamond double X, like, and I, I don't want that. Like I want this open and inclusive for like all levels of riders to, to bring smiles on everybody. Yeah. So what are we looking at or what are you guys looking at for a, a timeline at this point? I mean, obviously there's, you've probably heard me joke on this show in the past that things work at the speed of government. And that is a real, that is a real thing. And I work for the government. So like, I, I, I appreciate comments like that. Yeah. So, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like walking uphill in sand. You take one step forward and you take two steps back. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of dealing with a little bit of that going through the NEPA process right now. Um, I like, I'm starting to look at this. Like I look at when we go on like, like surf trips, different places is like, keep my expectation really low. And then, uh, if we can meet that great. And if things are better, like awesome, then I'm stoked. So, uh, we're working through some comments that were brought up in the NEPA period and kind of some of the hurdles in that is like our main access area to where the three trailheads are 
the first part of that is uh, of the Forest Service Road is actually private property. And they have an, uh, the Forest Service has an easement with the private property owner. So we're just trying to like build good relationships with the Forest Service. One, because they've had some turnover in the last year with a new for, uh, ranger for the area, some new employees under him with like their recreation and uh, trails department. So kind of having to like reset, introduce yourself. Here's who I am. Here's who I am with the organization. Here's the organization's uh, like mission. And here's where we're trying to go. Here's where we are at. So we're, we're having to do a little bit of catch up in that, which, but like I said, feels kind of like one step forward, one step back. Um, so yeah, so we're working through that hurdle with the NEPA on getting the, the easement uh, or kind of figuring out the easement uh, and, and assuring that the landowner that this isn't going to be like just this constant highway of mountain bikers and hashtag van lifers uh, coming up his road. So so yeah, so th- th- that's kind of one hurdle we're, we're trying to work on. We're hoping that we can get through the NEPA process. I mean, as early as like April or May, but I hate to even say like a date or a month because we we were talking July last year back in April, and then we were talking like November back in September. So, because um, yeah, there's a. And actually, our current ranger bill, like he's been really like straightforward and straight shooter with us of like, here's kind of the timelines on how things work out. And from what we've kind of projected, like potentially like April, uh, early May would be like the soonest they would uh, look at like saying like, all right, we can look at like getting trails in the dirt. So you are looking at potentially getting some stuff built in 2021. I say that like... I say building, uh, but like it, it again, like like what you've said, Josh. There's so much more that goes into like a trail system than just the trails. Like the, the trails are like, oh yeah. It, I'm starting to feel like that's like the easiest part is like actually getting the trail built. Because what, uh, like what else we need? Like we we need to make sure we have like parking lots for people to park in. Like, do we provide garbage cans? Do we provide chem cans? Because uh, in our in our last meeting with the Forest Service, like some of that stuff isn't budgeted yet on their part. And if it's not in their budget now, that means we got to look at them trying to do it. Uh, I'm assuming they do their budgets like coming up here, like May to April to get in on their July 1 start of their cycle. If that's I need to double check that, but like if like July one starts their new budget for uh, the 2021, 2022. So uh, it, it's like the, de- the devil is totally in the details. Uh, and thank, thank goodness I'm on a team of some really smart individuals because I suck at the details. Ask my, ask my, ask my wife. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to illustrate sometimes that once you get to the build process, that literally is the easiest part. You know, I mean, there is, yeah. Time and time again, there's eight, 10 years of work done before you get to that process, you know? And yeah, it's, it's something that we definitely need to kind of reinforce, but also it's a good journey, you know, and it kind of helps you appreciate what you got going and when it's finished. I definitely, uh, I can definitely feel your pain as uh, not knowing when things are going to go. And, and, and I'm still kind of newer to the board. Uh, so, so, yeah, some of the some of the old salty dogs. Um, yeah, I kind of feel that pain right now. Like I think some of the some of the other 
what we're reminding ourselves is like, this is like, this is the ultra marathon. Like this, this isn't a sprint. It's not the, you know, it's not the 400. It's not even a marathon. Like this is an ultra marathon with this. And it's, and it's laying that groundwork right now that, uh, that I'm going to see the effects of that my daughters are going to see the effects of as they're older. And then my grandkids are going to hopefully see the effects of, and it, it's to like not lose, or I think, how does that saying go? Like not lose sight of the forest because of like a, a tree or, or vice. I don't remember how it goes, but it, it's to like, remember like, this is like, this is a, a legacy project uh, for some of us. And uh, it, it could have huge ramifications, like good ramifications for the local community and the local youth of Tillamook County. Yeah. So moving forward, another big piece of the puzzle is money. And the reason why we're here is to talk about the project itself, the area, but also a fundraiser that you guys have going. Let's dig into that fundraiser. Maybe you can kick it off, Derek, since it's uh, a Norco that's being raffled off and talk about that end of it. And then we'll go to you, Ron, more of the local end of it. But you got on mute. You serious? <laughs> we're not going to edit that out, by the way. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you'd think after a year of Zoom meetings, I'd figure out where the mute button is. Uh, so on the advocacy front, uh, we're, we're giving away a bike. Uh, we're giving away a brand new site uh, A2 model. It's kind of our flagship model, and it's pretty much the perfect bike for the Oregon Coast. It's a bit of a do-everything machine, uh, pretty long travel, 150 mil in the back, 160 up front. You can fit either wheel size in there. No, that's not true. Uh, 150 in the back, 160 up front, uh, 27 or 29 inch wheels. 26s are dead. We're not even going to talk about that. Um, and yeah, that's the first prize. We teamed up with Lolo Racks. They're also out of Portland. Um, so they're giving away a four bike or a six bike uh, hitch rack. So you can haul all your buddies up to the top of the trails. Um, Dekines given this amazing swag pack. They've got a uh, hit pack in there, jerseys, shorts, pads, all sorts of things. And Bub's Naturals, um, a bunch of like protein powder and healthy supplements and yeah, undo all the evil that you did to your body over the weekend. So yeah, you go to Torta MTB slash fundraiser and buy a sticker. We've got a bunch of different uh, sticker levels that you can purchase. Uh, and every time you purchase a sticker, you're entered to win um, one of those prizes. So the more stickers you buy, the more entries you get. Torta MTB slash fundraiser. While we're on the topic of advocacy and Derek, why don't you plug Norco for a second and talk about how what Norco does for advocacy in general? Because I know your brand does do advocacy and support a bunch of different efforts when it comes to just general bike stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, Norco's one of North America's oldest privately owned bike companies. We've been around more than 50 years. Um, and for the better part of that, we've been very mountain focused and also very advocacy focused, uh, because to be perfectly honest, the company wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the trails. So heck, we better make sure that the trails are in good shape and that people still want to ride them. Um, yeah, it's so advocacy focused for many years, but there's always more to do, um, new trail networks, uh, trails that need revamping. Um, so yeah, we do all our design and testing of all our bikes in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, in the course of doing so, we put a fair bit of use on those trails. So yeah, um, it's kind of uh, 
Yeah, it's really important for a company, for any bike company to give back. And um, glad to work for a company that kind of recognizes that and is very advocacy focused. So uh, yeah, we give back to trails. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's, do you have any um, trail networks specifically that you guys really could kind of focus on working with? Is there a local trail network where you guys are headquartered out of that you really like to give back to? Yeah, um, I mean, Mount Seymour, the trails up there, um, we do a fair bit of uh, trail maintenance and then just monetary support for those trails. Uh, the trails on Burke Mountain are actually technically our closest, uh, and we do some trail work up there as well. Uh, that system's been around there for years and years. Um, Burke's janky, though. Don't go to church. Don't go to Burke. Uh, go to Mount Seymour. It's, it's pretty badass. Uh, but yeah, the push in the Pacific Northwest has been a lot around the Portland area, um, helping out with areas like Torta. Um, got a couple other trail networks popping up pretty soon in the Portland area that we've been helping out with. Uh, and then uh, some really cool stuff in Washington State as well. Uh, the Evergreen Mountain Bike Alliance up there are amazing and they do super, super good stuff. So anytime that we can support uh, advocacy networks like that, that, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that just makes a ton of sense. So in closing, let's, let's start with you, Pat. Is there anything you want to talk about before we wrap this up, sucker up for the evening? Oh man, talking with these two guys, you got me all nostalgic for the Northwest. Uh, <laughs> um, no, thanks for having me on. I, this has been fun. It's been, it's been cool to, to talk about this. And yeah, I think it's, it's a really special place in the world. And I think it's really cool to see that just like what Ron was saying, I think, I think like trails are, people who, who dedicate a lot of time to it, their legacy projects. And there's obviously like a, a component to it that you're like, this is something that I want to ride and want to be, have fun with. But like you say, it's a legacy. You're leaving, leaving something behind. And I think that's really admirable. So I definitely like tip of the hat to you guys for that. And especially where in places where um, there hasn't been a lot of access before and you're breaking new, you're literally breaking new ground and doing something new. I think it's really cool. And I think it's much needed. So. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I will definitely be out there to ride your trails soon when they're when they're ready to go. And yeah, I'm glad I got a chance to talk with you guys and get to know you a little bit. Look forward to getting to ride with you. Absolutely. Cheers to that. Yeah, let us know when you come out. For sure. That's uh how about you, Ron? That's that's what do you got to close up with? Uh, I, I think one other thing I just wanted to make sure I, I hit on it because it's part of our mission is uh is like I said, like this is a legacy pro a project that's going to last hopefully forever in Tillamook County, and is especially for for the youth. And uh, this kind of ties in nice with uh, like what Derek was talking about with Norco. That back in 2019, before COVID hit, we did a, a, a trails day with the local high school, where all the high schoolers from seventh to twelfth came out to our local Boy Scout camp where uh, Josh Venti and his company, Bros and Hose Landscaping, built this like amazing pump track on the Boy Scout property because uh, the scouts here have this huge uh, camp uh, that's right on the, the Oregon coast. And uh, they did this trail days where they had the Oregon Trail Keepers out, the Forest Service came out, uh, the Tillamook County Wellness, uh, who's uh, in charge of like keeping Tillamook County healthy, came out. And it was all about like teaching kids that one, that this was in their back door, that uh, this is in, in their area and that this is theirs. And 
here's how you take care of it. Here's, here's what a trail is. Here, here's how you maintain a trail. Here's how you be a good steward for the land and trails that are out here. And uh, Jill Kittner came out from, uh, who's sponsored by Norco and uh, was there to like get kids stoked on riding bikes. And uh, you, you watch the video and you just see these big grins on these kids' face and faces watching this woman rip this uh, sweet uh, pump track that was built. And uh, I, I think that that really captured that day really captured what Torta is here to do is to, to give back to our community, to give back this uh, this new trail system that's going to, like I said, last hopefully for decades and decades and generations and generations to, to make Tillamook County healthy and a viable place for uh, families to live. So uh, we're stoked to be here and uh, to see this happen and appreciate everybody's support over the over the years and the future to come. That's great. Yeah. And I'm going to put all those links in the show notes too. So anybody that's lis- listening to this, just hop on the show website and all the links that we talked about. Um, we'll have different videos that that have been filmed out in that region to kind of give people an idea what's what's already been going on. You know, so there'll be a lot of good stuff that people can click on and, and kind of get a, a taste of what's going on out in uh, uh, Tilma County. Well, I really appreciate everything. This has been great. The thing I enjoy about this most is that this is a brand new organization doing brand new stuff, you know, and you don't hear about that very often right now. Um, There's a lot of legacy organizations out there, but it's always good to get the other side of the spectrum to see what it's like to start out fresh. So thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Josh, for being a good advocate for us, too. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, Josh. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to the interview about the Tillamook Off-Road Trail Alliance. If you like what you have heard on these shows, please take the time to share these shows with others. Sharing these shows will help create awareness of both the podcast series itself and the guests who have taken the time to be on the show. Also, please remember to leave a comment and rate the show wherever you consume your podcasts. This podcast has been made possible by Mountain Bike Radio, Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and is an Evolution Trail Services production. If you have ideas on future communities or people to feature on Trail Effect, please don't hesitate to reach out by emailing evolutiontrails at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.